Okay, well, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Um, uh, I'd like to welcome everyone, uh, welcome our visitors, welcome those listening online. Those listening online, I pray that you are blessed whenever and wherever you are hearing this. So thank you for checking us out. This is Parashat Devarim. We are beginning the book, uh, last book in the Torah. And of course, this spans about the last few weeks of Moshe's life. There's a lot kind of going to get started. It's uh, um, going to be a big change for everybody coming up here in a few weeks in Torah. And much of the book of Devarim, of course, it's a repetition of the Torah. But um, it's something that I'll be really trying to develop in the next few weeks because we'll be entering the month of Elul in a few weeks. That means we'll be heading into the High Holy Days a little bit after that. And some of the lessons that Moshe has for us in the book of Devarim really dovetail really well with some of that stuff. But that's the near future. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the ninth of Av, of course. This is Shabbat Chazon, and the ninth of Av is coming up here beginning Wednesday night at sundown. The ninth of Av is the date on the Hebrew calendar, of course, that David mentioned this morning, many Terrible calamities have happened on this day, including the first and second temple being destroyed. The ninth of Av is part of a three-week period-ish, started a few weeks ago with Zom Tammuz, which is a fast day in the fourth month. Now we're in the fifth month of Av, and Tisha B'Av comes up this Wednesday night, and that's another fast day. These uh, fast days are alluded to, of course, in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 19. And uh, so fittingly, um, during these several weeks, the half-Torahs serve as admonitions to the people. And this week is the prophet Isaiah. And so what we need to do, what I would like to do, is look at this and see if we can't get some encouragement or revelation as to um, what, why this happened which is a really simple answer, baseless hatred. But deeper than that, they really lost sight of uh, Torah, really wandered away from the Lord. And that is the root cause for uh, the human condition, I guess, in a general sense. Let's look at the book of Isaiah. We're going to get some wisdom this morning. That is this week's half-Torah portion that Leah read for us. Isaiah chapter 1, it's on page 357. Eh, maybe that's 387. I have terrible handwriting. Isaiah chapter 1, and if you have a family Bible, it's going to be on a different page. 450, David, that's where it's at in your Bible. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1, the vision of Isaiah. That word there, vision, is chazon, and that's why... When you look on the calendar, this is called Shabbat Chazon, because it's the Shabbat of vision, or Shabbat of prophecy. Chazon. That's a fun word to say. It's like the chet, you pronounce an H sound. At the same time, you're clearing the back of your throat. Chazon. Now to get it wet. Chazon. <laughs> Isaiah's having a vision here, and he is really going to lay into his people. 
He says, listen, this is verse 2, listen, heavens and earth. He's got a couple witnesses here for Adonai has spoken. Sons I have raised and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its honor and the donkey, the ox knows its owner and the donkey its manager. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. Yes, they are doing lots of wicked things, but it's interesting the choice of words that I'd like to focus on here is knowing, yada, and understanding. He's says right up front, they just really don't get it. They don't know, they don't understand. And then he launches into the oracle a little deeper with them being just plain wicked. He tries to give them a bit of advice in verse 10. He says, hear the word of Adonai, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the Torah of our God. Trying to get them to get back to Torah. But what really kind of is like a bit of a, what would you call this, teshuva recipe, perhaps, is in verse 16. Verse 16, verse 17, he's going to turn around and plead with the people about, here's how you do teshuva. In verse 16, Isaiah says, wash and make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, relieve the oppressed, defend the orphan, and plead for the widow. And there is this, uh, in verse 17, there is this sense of learning to do good. Why do they need to learn? Because back up to the beginning of the chapter, they don't know and they don't understand. This learning part, very sometimes underrated. Everyone knows that repentance means turning from your sins or perhaps doing good, but there's an element of learning that's very important here. In the Hebrew, this word is lamad. That's the shorish of that word, learn, there in verse 17. Lamad, that's where you get, that's the root of the word talmudim, which gets translated into the Greek as disciple. So here in verse 17, you could say Isaiah is talking about discipleship, learning, lamad, discipleship, being a talmid. Um, we're talmudim of Yeshua, right? We're disciples of Yeshua. So... It is something to cease to do evil, turn your ways around, and it is something to be doing good, defending the orphan, pleading from the widows, those are good things, but also Isaiah is telling them, give your ear to the Torah, learn, like be a student, be a pupil, be a disciple, learn to do good. There's, that's the third leg of that seat, that, that stable seat that will give you a stable uh, spiritual life. Our Master Yeshua says something similar. Like Isaiah, Isaiah is trying to get the people to do teshuva, to turn around because he realizes Jerusalem is going to fall and the first temple is going to be destroyed. Like Isaiah, Yeshua as prophet does the same thing. He's speaking to his people. And he's going to warn them that the second temple will be destroyed. And he's going to give them the same message. Now, Leah spoke, read from Matthew 24 today, which is very, very close to where I would like to look at some of his words. I want to back up just a few verses, though, to Matthew 23. Because I think, I think I see a similar message here. Matthew 23, um, Yeshua really just lays into these Pharisees correct? And then Matthew 24, he prophesies about the temple being 
torn down. But there's a little bit of advice stuck in the middle there, right before, right in between the, uh, the, the woes that he's given the Pharisees and then the prophecy about the temple to be destroyed. There's a little right in between there. There's something that, to me anyways, I thought seemed very similar when I read it to the sentiment that Isaiah has. Uh, Matthew 23, verse 34, um, it says this. Because of this, he's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes. He's really, this is, he's really laid into them at this point. But then Yeshua says this. He tells them this. Because of this, behold, I'm sending you prophets and wise men and Torah scholars. Some of them you will kill and execute at the stake. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. And so upon you shall come all the righteousness all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, um, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Amen, I tell you, all of these things will come upon this generation. But at the beginning of that warning, he tells them he's going to be sending them a few people, prophets, wise men, and Torah scholars and scribes. And just thinking through this, I thought he's sending them prophets to... Um, tell them what they're doing wrong and to cease to doing evil. He's sending them wise men so that they may know what is good and how to do good. And he's sending them Torah scholars and scribes so that they may become students and learn a little Torah. And in my head here, I thought this is the same thing that Isaiah talked about. Turn from your ways, cease doing evil, do some good, and then learning Torah seems that those three things kind of go hand in hand. At least, maybe it's a stretch on my part here, but that's just what spoke to me when I read that. The writers of the New Testament also realize that Torah learning is essential. Um, for example, the book of 2 Timothy 3.14, many of you, it's on page 1158 if you'd like to turn there, it's a fairly well-known People in this crowd generally know a lot of scripture very well, but this is a very well-known uh, part of scripture that gets talked about a lot. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. This is uh, more of the uh, writers of the New Testament, obviously, going to encourage more Torah learning. It says, you, however, continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of, for you know from whom you have learned and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to make you wise, leading to salvation through trusting in Yeshua. All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, reproof, frustration, training, and righteousness so that the person belonging to God may be capable, fully equipped for every good deed. Now, I would submit to you that in this passage of Scripture, in verse 16, when it says all Scripture is inspired by God, the writer is talking about the Tanakh. These guys were way too humble to think that the letters they were circulating would be called Scripture. So even to them, Torah and the Tanakh, in, as in, in an extension of that, is the foundation that they need to be learning for a proper foundation. Now, 
during this time. There was a lot of letters and gospels that were being passed around from community to community, and they were being read and being encouraged and blessed by them. We uh, now have those letters collected in the form of the New Testament, you know, letters inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, so we have that advantage today in this modern world, but back then, what did they need? They needed Torah. And when they drifted away from Torah, then religious practice sort of became a veneer of piety that hid, you know, it hides an empty vessel, so to speak. And that's ultimately was the root or the beginning of the destruction of the temples. Adonai sent prophets to them <clears throat> who implored a repentance process, one of which required not only turning from evil and doing good, but study. Studying what? Studying the Torah, studying the Tanakh, because there's much wisdom, and when man ceases to study Torah, he risks cooling off, maybe becoming a bit lukewarm. Discipleship, the study of Torah and the Tanakh, is something all the early believers also held very important. And with the added blessing of the apostolic writings that we have available to us, we have many treasures available to help us avoid the errors and the pitfalls that have happened to so many people. Um, just what I thought what really stuck out to me this week was the aspect of discipleship and teaching as a core part of repentance. It's something that is just not often thought about, but as far as I see it, plainly in Scripture. I'll close us out with a Psalm of David to encourage us. Psalm 119, beginning in verse 65. If you want to follow along, it's one of the greatest Psalms there is. It's because talking about the Lord's Torah. It's on page 695 in your um, Tree of Life version. Psalm 119, 65. Verse 65 is where I'm going to begin. Letter begins with tet. Tet is the, uh, tet is the first letter of this psalm. It says, You do good to your servant, Adonai, according to your word. Teach me good sense and knowledge, for I trusted in your mitzvot. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You are good, and you keep doing good. Teach me your decrees. Um, through the proud, though the proud smeared a lie on me, with all my heart I keep your precepts. Their minds are insensible, but your Torah is my delight. It is good for me that I was afflicted, so that I may learn your decrees. The Torah from your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. May we um, share in the sorrow of the destruction of the temples and with his people this week. May we desire to increase our Torah learning and strengthen our discipleship walk. And may we always be looking forward with hope um, for the return of our King, our Prince of Peace, our great Torah teacher, Yeshua HaMashiach. Shabbat Shalom.